it's the next level. Hmm? Ah! Oh. What do you suppose is in that cocoon, Charlie? I don't know. A, a butterfly, I guess? No, it's much more beautiful than that. That's a moth cocoon. It's ironic. Butterflies get all the attention, but moths, they spin silk. They're stronger, they're faster. That's wonderful, but... You see this little hole? This moth's just about to emerge. It's in there right now, struggling. It's digging its way through the thick hide of the cocoon. Now, I could help it. Take my knife, gently widen the opening, and the moth would be free. But it would be too weak to survive. The struggle is nature's way of strengthening it. Now, this is the second time you've asked me for your drugs back. Ask me again, and it's yours. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of We Have to Go Back, Lost, Revisited, from the Next Level Podcast Network. I am Ben Beck. And I am Kristen Howe from Podcastica. Uh, yeah, so this week we're going to talk about two more episodes continuing on down the path, uh, traveling back to the island, uh, episode seven, The Moth, episode eight, Confidence Man, so we're getting... Charlie, I was mistaken last week when I said it was Michael's backstory uh, for the moth. No, it was Charlie's backstory and then Confidence Man. We're getting uh, Sawyer's backstory. Yay. uh, And we actually watched these episodes together, which was kind of cool. Yeah, I you know what? I loved it. And I invite anybody that wants to do that with us again. This this week, we had to do it in a way that it was, I think, the middle of the day (laughs) at two different times. And so it was literally just the two of us. But um, it would be really fun if anybody wants to watch it with us. We can always schedule a time that we can all watch it together. Um, You can comment. You cannot comment. You could just watch it. That way you can stay up on the rewatch. and we'll even schedule it for you for when you get to watch the shows. Yeah, I think I think it'll be fun. I think it'll be a great new feature for the podcast if we just start doing like a viewing night. Yeah. And, and you know, invite a bunch of people in and that's that's how we'll do it. So uh, we'll have more information for that towards the end of the podcast on how you can get caught up with that. But I want to say real quick before we jump into everything, and this is kind of related to the podcast because it involves one of the cast members of the show. Uh, did you, I'm pretty sure I know the answer to this. You saw Ant-Man and the Wasp, right? I did. What did you think? I loved it. I thought it was a lot of fun. My kids loved it. Your kids are awesome. So of course they'll love it. (laughs) (laughs) No, I, I, I enjoyed it. I've seen it twice already. I saw it on opening night and I, uh, I actually took my mom to see it because my mom is into the Marvel movies as well. So cute. (laughs) I know. (laughs) <laughs> uh, no, it was a lot of fun. But of course, Evangeline Lilly is in the uh, who we know as Kate is in it. And let me tell you something. She is a badass in that. Oh, movie. such a badass. She's so she makes the movie. She and can carry her own movie. Yeah, totally. 
Totally. I mean, her, but her chemistry that she has with Paul Rudd is phenomenal. But, um, but yeah, she, she's awesome. I, I, how could you not just want to hang out with Paul Rudd? Uh, that's all I want to do all the time. (laughs) Have you ever seen like he, like any time that he comes up behind people during interviews Uh and everybody's like super glad to see him. I'm like, yeah, he looks like a guy that you want at your barbecue. Yeah. You know? (laughs) <laughs> have you ever like, I, I know he I don't think he's done it recently, but have you ever seen the big running joke he's got with Conan? Oh, is it when he get he brings a fake clip? It's the Mac and me clip. He brings the same clip every time. <laughs> <laughs> and he and he instead of the clip of the movie that he is in, he shows the Mac and me clip. I love it. And he's been doing it for like over 10 years and it's hysterical every time he does it. Andy Samberg recently did that with, uh, I think, Jimmy Kimmel for Brooklyn Nine-Nine. He, he, said, he said, I have a clip. And it was of this cop doing a striptease dance oh, for God. like 30 seconds. <laughs> and he goes, I said I brought a clip. I didn't say I brought a clip of Brooklyn Nine-Nine. <laughs> That's fantastic. I love that. I really got to get caught up with that show. I, I only watch like the first two seasons and I got to get The best up. show. Uh, Anyways, yeah. let's go to the other best show. Yes, let's talk about it real quick. We'll let you know about the format of the podcast if you're not familiar. Uh, two episodes of the show covered per podcast. Uh, every podcast will release on the 1st and the 15th of every month. So you're getting four Hey, day. You say that every time. I know. <laughs> uh, and I am currently working on interviews with the cast for later on into the seasons as well. We don't want to do anything too early because we kind of want to get the uh, – Want to get a couple podcasts under our belt before we start doing stuff like that. But uh, I've reached out to a number of the cast and I've gotten some bites back from some of their publicists. So we'll see where they happen, uh, where they happen to go with that. Cool, man. So, and of course, as we talk about each episode, we're going to bring you our top three moments or our top three points from both of these episodes. And they'll, they'll kind of intermix between the two. But with that being said, Kristen, between yes, sir. <laughs> between these two episodes, episode seven, The Moth, and episode eight, Confidence Man, what is your number three? My number three. Um, well, I really enjoyed. Um, <clears throat> you know, we talk about a lot of themes that uh, Lost has, uh, kind of throughout the entire series, and I think that um, in The Moth is where we really start to see the biblical nuances coming out of the show. Um, You know, it's been touched on a little bit uh, with Locke saying, you know, this is a story about, you know, two sides, light and dark. And there's an Adam and Eve reference uh, in the cave, I think, last last week. Excuse me, I've got something going on with my throat. Um, And uh, this time you see Locke is acting, uh, well, first we see Charlie at confession in the beginning. Um, we see him struggling with kind of uh, the darkness of what it means to be um, I- involved in this rock group and him trying to live his life kind of on the right path. Uh, but then you also see um, uh, Locke uses the I'm going to ask you three times for your drugs. And, you know, anybody who is a Christian or or is any, you know, deals with the Bible at all knows that, you know, the number three is uh, represented uh, in the Holy Trinity, right? The Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Three is a big number in uh, in the Bible. 
And so um, I just thought that that was interesting that he said, I'm only going to ask you for it three times. And on the third time, um, you know, Charlie makes his choice and he throws the drugs into the fire. And uh, Locke is like, I'm really proud of you. Um, you know, he and and Charlie gets kind of like that do over. Right. Yeah. Um, and so I just like it because. Because you could pick out very early on into the into the series that they were working with this. um very nuanced biblical element that I think grows into something that's more in your face towards the end of the series. But um, I, I like it in the beginning more just because it's delicate and it's woven in very nicely um, because there, I, I, I enjoy symbolism. So anyways, uh, I just noticed this episode that there was a lot of uh, that no, and, and and I agree with you completely. I'm glad you brought that up. It's not one of my three, but it's it is really one of my favorite moments of that of uh, these two episodes. Is that moment when Locke gives Charlie back his drugs and he does toss them into the fire? Because I was really this episode in particular. I was really starting to one engage more with Locke and Charlie, who we know are two characters that will interact quite a bit mm-hmm. throughout throughout this series. And until the introduction of Ben Linus, I think were two of my three favorite characters, my three, my third favorite being Hurley, who at this point in time, he he hadn't developed into one of my favorite characters yet because we really haven't seen a lot of Hurley going f- at, at this point so far in the series. So, mm-hmm. you know, Charlie and Locke, we had seen a lot of. Locke was such a mystery, so I, he was already becoming a favorite character. Charlie was just a lot of fun. And then in this episode, The Moth, we get a much darker side to Charlie. I mean, mm-hmm. we, between his, between the flashback of his story and that moment when he throws the drug in the fire, in a 42-minute time span, we're seeing his entire drug habit bookended. Mm-hmm. You know, we're well, seeing, yeah. Uh, we're seeing the beginning stages of his drug habit. And we're seeing the ending for, well, f- you're right. For the most part, the ending of his drug habit. Well, and he's still an addict, you know, addicts by nature are pretty selfish. And a lot of that selfishness comes out in Charlie as he lashes out to everybody throughout the entire episode. I mean, he even lashes out at Hurley and accuses him of not losing any weight and hoarding food, you know? Well, but I think that's more of, but that's, I think in confidence, man. Well, not only that, but I think that's also uh, more akin to, uh, symptoms of withdrawal rather than addiction. Well, I mean, which is part of addiction. And any addict will tell you that um, addiction is not, is something that doesn't go away. You basically just suppress it. So it's you you once an addict, always an addict, and you're just fighting those urges as you go through. Uh, you know, you go through your life. So it's something he's continuously fighting with, and that does come up later in the series uh, with the the um plane the the virgin mary statues that we mm-hmm. we'll, we'll talk about later on another biblical reference it is uh but that, what about your well that i was just going to say real quick to that moment when he tosses the drugs in the fire it was one of those things that when you see charlie in that state and he asks Locke for the drugs and you know Locke gives them to him like it's that moment you could see the desperation in his face and you kind of as a viewer viewing this for the first time, you're like, Oh man, Charlie, don't, don't go down that path again. And that moment that he tosses the drugs into the fire, man, I felt so good about Charlie. Mm. And I was proud of, I was proud of a character just the same way that Locke was too. 
So, uh, but my number three, actually, again, uh, is not about characters that were the focus of the episode. I, I, my number three is Sun standing up for herself. And, yes, that was one of my notes. Okay, and we're we're starting to see more and more of that. There's that moment in the moth when they're at the caves, and you know, Jin sees Sun in you know in the dress that's kind of revealing, and he says to her like, "What are you wearing? That's not appropriate." And had this been before House of the Rising Sun, she would have been somebody who would have just turned around, walked away, and changed into something else and been mm-hmm. completely submissive. But mm-hmm. f- you know, for that for one of the first times, we're starting to see her say, "She says to Jin like, it's too hot. I- I'm not changing.'" <clears throat> and she holds his gaze. That was the best part. Yeah. You know, she didn't stand up for herself and walk away. Well, she did walk away, but she held his gaze as in, you know, not not in defiance, but just in strength. I loved it. I loved it. I love it that she's getting stronger. Yeah. I agree. No, and, and it was one of those great moments that, you know, you're right. She held his gaze. She stared him down. And that was her way of being like, nope, this this is going to end now. Like this is a different but life. she right, and she looked at she looked at him like it's hot, dude, it's yeah. hot, like there's no way I'm going to cover up we're on an island, yeah, exactly. We're out in the middle of nowhere in the sun. I'm not going to cover up just because you want me to, so it, right. it's really great being able to see sun open up and uh it, it's really a pivotal moment, not only in her character but in the relationship of the two of them. Because yeah, it, I would it, agree with that. It kind of downward spirals for a little bit before it ter- before it takes that upkeep, and once it hits that upkeep, man, it becomes one of the best relationships that we one of the best parts. That relationship becomes one of the best parts of the series. Right. I, I yeah. I, I told you it's my favorite arc is Jin's arc. Yeah. And I, my I, absolute and I, favorite one. And I think unfortunately that downward that downward spiral kind of lasts pretty much the 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 um the span of the first season i don't yeah he's pretty unlikable in the beginning but that's okay because it's fun to watch it again because it's fun to see jen in that unlikable state to remember how far he really does come throughout the whole series yeah um moving on number two what would you say is your number two um, so my number two has to do, I told you before we started recording that I had two different points that I was putting into one and it was, it has to do with Sawyer, right? So, uh, moving over to confidence, man. Um, what's, what's interesting to me is that Sawyer has this self-hatred for himself where, you know, we, we learn so much about him in, in this episode. But the one thing that we can walk away with is the, is the fact that Sawyer has, um, Sawyer has something that is kind of broken inside of him that makes him the way that he is. And he's carrying around this letter, right? That it seems to stem from all of his self-hatred. And when he, when he almost dies, uh, in this episode, you know, Jack was the one that was keeping him alive while they were trying to find something for the, for, uh, his stab or his cut or whatever, um, you know, Sawyer was daring Jack to kill him. So like, just let me die. Just let me die. And it, and, and I, and you realize that Sawyer really 
wants to be put out of his misery at this point. He thinks he deserves it. He thinks he deserves to die because of what happened to him, what happened to his family, what he did to other families that we learn. Um, you know, I, I, I think that he carries all this self-hatred for him. But on on the other side of, of, of the same coin, there's a lot of hatred towards Sawyer in such a short amount of time. I mean, the things that Kate says to Sawyer are hateful and they're awful, you know? Um, you know, he has tried to help her. He's tried to help the group. I mean, in very, very small little amounts. And every time he tried to take one step forward, he was like shoved back by Kate and yeah. she has all this venom for him. And I can't understand why, um, why she would feel so strongly about him. And this was even before he was ready to let Shannon die um, for something that he didn't even have. Um, you know, there Saeed hates him and tortures him in just this, this really horrifying way. Um, and then Locke, who I don't think has had a lot of time with Sawyer, is really ready to throw him under the bus for... Um, for what was it? What was it that Locke was blaming him uh, for? Oh, for Saeed's attack, um, for being knocked out. He's like, well, if he, you know, triggered the triggered the fuse uh, to have a delayed response, he could get over to you and just amounted the right amount of time to knock you out. And I'm sure he doesn't want to get off this island. Why would he want to get off this island? And it's just it's a little nuts how all these people have latched on to hating Sawyer in such a small amount of time. And then you see how much self-hatred Sawyer has for himself. And it's just makes for kind of a really sad situation in such a rough character. Well, you see how much self-hatred he has for himself and it kind of makes it understandable uh, why all these people have this hatred for Sawyer because you 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 kind of hit the nail on the head a little earlier in that in that conversation in that he wants to be hated he feels like he deserves to be hated right. so he's doing all these things so people hate him and right. I, and I think it's also because he's known how he's been in the past he says it through his backstory and it's funny that you bring that up because it kind of goes into my number two as well and my number two is um, uh, hard ass versus heart. Because we kind of see both of those elements, at, you know, in his backstory, you know, he says to Jack flat out when Jack is trying to save his life, if the tables were turned, I would have let you die. Right. You know, basically, as you mentioned, telling Jack, just let me die. I, I don't, you know, it, it's not worth saving my saving my life. Because even earlier on in the episode, Sawyer calls Jack out on his hero complex, which is something I've brought up, I think, every podcast we've done since we started mm -hmm. this. Uh, he calls him out on it. He says, like, you know, don't you have to run off and save somebody at, at one point in, in the episode? So Sawyer, while he's still his character was still a mystery at this point, everybody you you kind of as a viewer didn't like him. You kind of wanted to hate him, which means his character is written incredibly well because that was what they wanted to portray and that's what they wanted. Mm -hmm. And by the end of this episode, you kind of feel a little differently. You understand his character a little bit better. And, you know, I said hard ass versus heart. The hard ass part was, you know, if the tables are turned, I would have let you die. But the hard part is in his backstory when he sees the kid of the, of the husband and wife, he's ready to con he completely changes his mind because he realizes, look, this happened to me. I'm not going to do this to another kid. Mm -hmm. 
which brings me to a question, you know, when you first heard the note that Kate had read, what were your thoughts on that? Did you have any idea that this could possibly be him writing the letter or did you just assume that was his character and that was really written for him? Uh, you know what? I don't know. I, I, I don't, I don't know. I'd like to believe that I didn't believe it was him, but I did hate him a lot in the beginning, uh, the first time through, um, you know, and it's probably like that crowd mentality thing, right? Everybody hates him. Me too. Um, but I think, you know, in all fairness, I think that was what was meant to happen. I think as viewers, we were meant to hate him. Yeah, no, Absolutely. hundred percent. I just, um, when, when you watch confidence, man, you get, you get the full story on Sawyer and you know, you, he becomes, um, a more sympathetic character after that. You, you start to see that, you know, there is good to him and, and there's possibility for him and any, any character that has possibility, um, you know, that's a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So I kind of mentioned how that was my number two hard ass versus heart and kind of tied yeah. to, to your number two as well, uh, which brings us to number one for the episode. I have a lot of notes. So, I mean, even after we go over the number one, there's a couple other things I want to quick mention before we we wrap things up. And uh, but uh, what about you? What's your number one for everything? These two episodes. So um, I've really enjoyed the themes of what, you know, every episode has, but for every single episode that we have had so far, I've seen one common theme as the blank slate theme, starting with Kate's backstory all the way, um, in episode, well, three, but the second episode, the first episode after the pilot. Right. Mm. Um, but Kate's, backstory with the fact that Jack was giving her a, uh, a fresh start by, um, saying she, she didn't have to explain herself to why she was in handcuffs or why she was, you know, with that U S marshal or whatever. Um, you know, it kind of started off this whole, everybody, uh, every character gets their own backstory. And at the end of every episode so far, they, it's, kind of explaining their fresh start on the island. Um, and Charlie's, I thought, uh, the moth had kind of the most comprehensive, um, um, story as far as that goes, just because, you know, with, with the whole idea of the moth, right. When they cocoon in and they emerge a completely different, um, species or a completely different being. Um, and then it shows, actually Charlie going through the like hole in the cave and following the moth and emerging out, you know, and, and he's going through withdrawal the whole time. And he's thinking back to his drug problem and he's think and you know, he's lashing out at everybody. And, and he finally has this really honest conversation with Jack in the cave when they thought that they were going to die. And then he got that second chance, right? The third chance really, because his second chance was, um, surviving the plane crash. And so, I think that seeing Charlie emerge from the cage or the cave and him getting his blank slate that way, it really kind of brought home to me how every single character is getting this fresh start. And it's been really fun to see, um, 
how that relates to every character on an individual basis uh, with every single episode so far. No, I agree with you. And it, it's funny because, yet again, your your number one kind of tied it ties in with mine. I'm not uh, surprised. No, especially not on these episodes and it, on these two episodes because the, the double meaning of the moth is basically mm-hmm. what my number one is. And, you, you, you know, you touched on a lot of those things and, and getting the clean slate. And this is another instance in where – Jack is actually kind of one of the people that influences the clean slate. He he had a, the influence with Kate's clean slate, as you had mentioned, where he says, like, it doesn't matter. You know, what happened before doesn't matter. It's in the past. What mm-hmm. happens now is what happens now. And it's kind of almost the same thing with Charlie a little bit this time around in that it there's that moment at the end when Hurley approaches Charlie and says, you look awful. And before Charlie can say anything, Jack's the one that speaks up and says he's got the flu. So Jack covers for Charlie in that instance. And it's almost a quiet way of of Jack telling Charlie, like, look, I'm not going to hold this against you. You've got to get through this. And once you do, it, it doesn't matter anymore. Right. So uh, it's actually it's yet again, Jack offering that clean slate to people. And it merely had me wondering and pondering. How many other times does this happen? Is Jack involved in the clean slate that we're getting? Because I, I really can't think of it offhand, but it didn't really. It, it wasn't anything I really thought of at this point until we started rewatching this. Mm-hmm. So it's something I'm definitely going to be paying attention to as we progress forward with watching this. You know, but it, it, again, you know, Charlie being the moth and the moth double meaning, we have that whole scene with Locke ex- literally explaining the moth and the cocoon. Like mm-hmm. this, this is a moth cocoon. And if the cocoon breaks early, the transition isn't finished. And in some ways, while some people might take the cave as being Charlie's cocoon and literally seeing the moth as his way out and escaping the cave as as the moth does, I kind of see a secondary cocoon and that cocoon is Locke and asking him three times for the drugs. Mm-hmm. You know, that third time is his actual time to escape from that cocoon. The first or second time he asked for the drugs had he given it to him then, he wouldn't have been He would ready. have taken him, right? And, and his transition wouldn't have been complete. So there's actually a double meaning to not only the moth, but also the cocoon in that, again, the cave in one way is an actual physical cocoon for Charlie after he crawls in to save Jack and breaks out the way a moth would. But again, Locke, in instance, is also a cocoon for Charlie in this episode, with Charlie being the moth. Well, that's an interesting thought. I'm an interesting person. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, going with, with the blank slates, um, I, I thought it was interesting that in confidence, man, um, Sawyer gave himself permission to start over by burning that letter. Um, but he, he doesn't, but, but in, he doesn't get that fresh start from the rest of the survivors on the Island. They're still, they still feel the same way about him at the end of the episode. What's different is that the viewer feels differently about Sawyer at the end of the episode. Um, Sawyer hasn't made amends with anybody at the end of this episode, um, which to me is kind of interesting. I mean, Kate understands him a little bit more, but doesn't care. Um, 
so when he burns that letter, I feel like he's giving himself permission but he, to but, but, step away from that. But I have to correct you, though. He doesn't burn the letter. He closes the lighter at the end. He doesn't burn it. Wait a minute. Didn't he burn it? No. He closes the lighter at the end before burning the letter. So oh, Sawyer was I looking down? So Sawyer has himself hasn't given himself that clean slate yet either. Oh my gosh. I I think you know what? I think I was writing down Sawyer Burns's letter as as it wasn't happening. <laughs> yeah, he it's the fi- it's one of the final scenes of that episode in that he's he has the letter open to burn it and he closes the lighter before the letter is ever is ever lit. So Sawyer still even so, through everything. Okay, even so though- then he's the first episode that doesn't even get a blank slate. Yeah, because oh, I don't, there I don't- it is. Oh, Sawyer yeah. takes a lighter to his letter, about to burn it, but he's unable to go through with it and pockets the letter right along with his anger. <laughs> yeah. So in essence, like this is one of those things that you know Kate has been able to move on, Charlie has been able to move on, but in a Sawyer in this story about Sawyer, he hasn't forgiven himself yet. And I think, well, he's not going to, no, I think it's even a while before he ever even comes close to that. And I don't think it's until he comes face to face with somebody else again, later on in this series that he's even able to move on from this. And that doesn't happen. I think until at least the fourth or fifth season. Yeah. Sawyer is an interesting character. Um, you know, him and Saeed, because Saeed also doesn't, have a lot of forgiveness for himself and his past deeds, which we see a little bit of that in, um, in the episode when he walks away and decides that he needs to leave the group. Yeah. Sawyer's got a lot of inner demons. He's fighting himself. Right. Sawyer and Saeed. Um, I would say, I mean, cause Charlie was even Did I able. Say Sawyer? I meant Saeed. Yeah, that's oh, okay. <laughs> that's okay there. I mean, and, and I think that, you know, we are right in the fact that it is Sawyer and Saeed, right? But, yeah. um, but you know, Saeed understands that he has to walk away to conquer whatever it is that he uh, opened back up in Confidence Man. And Sawyer, Sawyer shuts down on the inside, right? So yeah. he's completely broken on the inside and doesn't, but he doesn't really know. He, I don't think he has like the emotional... What's the word I'm looking for? Maturity, the emotional maturity to know that maybe he should go take a walk about in the woods and figure himself out before he can be with other people. Like Saeed knows, okay, I got to go. <laughs> I almost killed a guy. I, you know, unlocked the the torture part of my brain again, and I, I have to go shut it down, and, and which you know- sucks because he's about to have his own rough little time. Yeah. Yeah, for for certain, because uh, I think it's next uh, in the next episode, which is episode nine, Solidarity, which is Saeed's backstory. I, I think we're getting introduced. If I remember correctly, we're getting introduced to a new character. Uh, Yeah, I, I think you're right. I, so- I think, solitary. Uh, solitary and yeah, not solidarity. <laughs> Completely different thing. A uh, little bit. But I think <laughs> if I remember correctly, because it, again, it's tough to not continue watching. As we're doing this, but I think this is the first time we're getting introduced to Rousseau. Actually, there's a couple things in next in the next episode that the next episode, Solitary, is going to be amazing. Oh, I, I, the golf game. Alone. Yep, 
Yep. Yep. I cannot <laughs> wait. I can't wait to talk about that. Um, I know. But let's not do that now. No, no. Because, um, yeah, there's going to be a lot of really f- both fun and interesting things to talk about in the next podcast when we talk about episode isn't 89. It, isn't it interesting that it goes right from Sawyer to Saeed? Well, and you, but you know what, though? I think it worked well because – this was a point I wanted to make earlier, and I could, it completely slipped my mind uh, as we were talking about this because I started talking about uh, Rousseau and how we're going to meet her next week. Is you know both Saeed and Sawyer have these inner demons, and you know sometimes when you have two characters like this, they kind of find a mutual respect for each other, but it makes these two characters polar opposites in that they both have these inner demons, but they're allowing them to reflect on each other. You know, we've right. already seen Saeed and Sawyer go at go at it you know, and, and fight on the beach. Uh, they've constantly blamed each other for one thing or another. Uh, we've seen the whole torture sequence with Saeed torturing Sawyer, which still made me cringe. Oh, me too. You know, the, the, uh, the I couldn't look shoots under the fingernails. Nope. You don't even couldn't see look. it. And it's still rough to see. Still turned away. Yeah, it, it's, <laughs> it's absolutely rough. So, you know, this is an instance of two characters who both have their inner demons, but rather than it bringing them closer together, it drives them further apart because they're allowing it. They're allowing those demons to reflect on each other. And I think it's because I, I think they both kind of know that each other has those demons. And I think that's something that, you know, it... In, in a weird way, it attracts them to one another, but not in a good way. Huh. I'm, you know what? I'm going to keep my eye out for that because that's an interesting thought. You know, so it, it, gonna, it, yeah. Yeah. It's something interesting to watch as we continue forward. I like that. So, um, but yeah, now that our top three is down, there's a couple other things I wanted to, to bring up. And I wanted to see if you, I'm sure you have some additional notes too. Um, one thing I wanted to bring up was in episode eight, Confidence Man. Um, I now <laughs> I, I, I'm going to bring something up that when we were watching and we were watching this together online and, you know, we were chatting with each other. There was a comment I was waiting for it to happen. And it happened as soon as I expected it uh, in in Sawyer's backstory. The uh, shirtless Sawyer comment. Yeah, man. Out. Yeah, man. <laughs> came out of the ocean. <laughs> naked Which i was i was waiting for it i'm like uh the moment i saw that i'm like oh she's gonna say something i know she's of gonna say of course something. i'm gonna say something but uh, you know while the ladies who were watching this show were falling deeper in love with sawyer because and those that, dimples because he's that mysterious rugged bad boy character i can change him <laughs> i can fix him <laughs> My the crush that I had on my character was deepening in this episode as well, and that's Claire. Claire, um, and I was. It was one of those instances, you know, the whole Charlie and Claire peanut butter s- scenes in this episode. I loved because it was one of those things where, like, you know, the the ladies who have have a crush on Sawyer, the I can fix him thing. When you see Sawyer and Kate hook up a little bit later on, you're like, oh, that bitch. Like, like no, how, never. Oh, really? Uh, well, mm-hmm. I know some people who did. Oh, no. But, you know, as much as I had a crush on Claire at the time, I loved Charlie so much that I couldn't hate him for also crushing on Claire. Oh, I love Claire and... uh Charlie's whole relationship. And I, I just, this scene, you know, kind of proves why you love it so much because they're just, 
they're just so cute. He will do anything to make her happy. And um, I love it that she went along with with the game. Yeah, I mean, and you and you see it kind of exponentially grow in that whole aspect, as you mentioned, that Charlie is willing to do anything for Claire. And that becomes so much deeper and so much bigger as the series goes on. It starts with an invisible, a jar of invisible peanut butter, and it eventually grows to the point of Charlie's sacrifice, which spoilers, um, we we didn't say it in the beginning. Yes, there are spoilers throughout this podcast because we're going to reflect on things that happen. But, um, you know, there's, um, you know, Charlie is willing to protect Claire at any point to, to, as again, as I mentioned, it leads to him sacrificing himself, uh, you know, as the show progresses. So, mm-hmm. and while that sacrifice is for the good of everybody, it's more for Claire and the baby as, as this, as the series progresses. But yeah, so right. it's, uh, that was something else that I loved about this episode was seeing the the ship, as people call it, which I still don't get that term. Um, Relationship. But, oh, now I get it. I really didn't get it until you said it. Are you kidding? I really didn't get it until you said it. But yeah, the shipping of, <laughs> of Claire and Charlie and the beginning stages of that, I thought was uh I thought it was good. Oh to watch. my gosh. I know. You you are a nightmare. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> You're welcome. Thanks. Um, we're gonna get notes. I, I'm sure people are gonna say something. That's fine. So um well we talked about the, the torture scene, which I agree with you that it was pretty terrible. Um I I love it when uh, Saeed said that his his last job in the Iraqi guard was he was a communications officer. Cause I'm like, yeah, that's a good <laughs> way to put it. He got them to communicate, I guess is, is a nice way of putting it. Yeah. That's exactly how you put it. I was a communications officer in the Iraqi guard. Oh, okay. I'm going to walk the other way now. <laughs> um, yeah, but uh, you're right. It's that's, that's a good way to put it because that's ex- <laughs> it's exactly he's what are you going to say? I'm, you're not going to say I'm a torturer, but it's one way to put but, it. Yeah, it's 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 nice for the resume. Yeah. Uh, one of the other, one of the other things that made me kind of laugh as I went back and I rewatched this episode is we know as viewers who have watched this series before how large this island is and. We also know that there's a second island, which we'll get to later on, you know, as the series progresses. But what was so, what was Saeed trying to accomplish with the antenna and the triangulation? He, he was trying. No, I know what his point was. He was trying to find the source of the uh, of the of the signal of the of the radio broadcast. But his triangulation size compared with in comparison to the island really was not that big. Did you really expect to find it in that small amount of area? Um, I I think there was a reasoning behind it. I'm I'm not a uh, I'm not an antenna person by any. You're not a communications. <laughs> I'm person? not a communications officer. Yeah. So I wouldn't know. <laughs> <laughs> I just asked my kids. They uh, I think they're the communications officers in this house. <laughs> But yeah, so I, it just made me question. I'm like, how did you expect to find the source of that signal within an area that you can still almost physically kind of see each other? Well, I think I 
I think it all stems from the fact that they had reception in one spot. Um, and I think maybe he triangulated it using some kind of math that I'm terrible at, <laughs> you know, with, with whatever. I mean, I, the, the whole plan was ridiculous when Boone said, Hey, Shannon, why don't you do this? Cause I have to go off and do something else, which I got to tell you, Boone. Oh my gosh. He's just, he's the most flighty guy in the, can you imagine if he was leading any of these people, Jack has already had to save him from drowning. And then, you know, in the very beginning, Boone's like, I'm going to get a pen. We can stick it in their, in their neck or something, you know? <laughs> and then now he has this huge job to try and triangulate something that, I mean, seems to be like a really big deal for the survivors. And he's just, he just runs away and he gives his very flaky stepsister this, kind of big job to like turn this on and do this. And she's like not even listening to him. And he just runs off to go do what there's 40 people that can dig Jack out of a cave. You already are doing something. You already have a job, you idiot. Like he's such a moron for most of the show. It's hard to take. <laughs> well, I mean, he's, you're right. He's giving his, his sister who is completely irresponsible, this job that is this huge job. But also at the same time, you're giving somebody this job who you have done nothing but criticize how irresponsible oh, they are. Right. Exactly. And you are just turning around and willy-nilly giving them this job that they have to do. But he's also a doof himself. I mean, he didn't he say he was a lifeguard? Yeah. And he was drowning in the ocean? Yes. I <laughs> Guy is a moron. I mean, it, I'm it, sorry. I it, know a lot of people like Boone, but he's just he's just a little too much for me. I don't even think it's the character of Boone they like. I think they just more liked Ian Summerhold. Uh, so, I, I me personally, I if you had to list these initial characters, um, Boone and Shannon were kind of at the bottom of my list. Uh, as they to, were throwaways, they were throwaways until well. Shannon eventually later becomes a more prominent character and yeah, Boone, no, her arc is great. And, and Boone, while kind of short lived to the show becomes very important to the show in that Boone's character. It, I, we'll I, get to it. I, we'll, we'll get to it, but it's the, the writers proved a point with Boone and that's, that's what I'll leave it at. All right. Because I think we're not far off from that at this point. I think, I think it's a little bit... Oh, no, it's not until... I think it's closer to the finale that that happens. Yeah, I don't actually, know. No, actually, I think it is the finale because it's when... No, no, it's not the finale because the finale is them opening the hatch. Yeah. It's the discovery. It's when they. It's when Locke tries to open the hatch that this other event happens. So it's... We're trying not to reveal too much. I mean, we, we say spoilers, but we're trying... For, we know there are some people that are watching for the first time. Oh, that's Okay. If you're so. if if you're listening and and we've already said that there's spoilers and you're still listening then then good for you thank you for listening yes exactly <laughs> um, <laughs> um any yes. yeah, any other notes that you had before we we moved on I'm sure you probably have one or two more I do I have a few um I I I thought it was interesting that Jack um Jack was ready to throw down on Sawyer um until Kate arrived and then he walks away and he's like, we're not savages, not yet. And I, and, and I wrote down, 
So he says he's that he says to Kate, I believe it was to Kate, where he says, We're not savages, not yet. And I'm thinking to myself, Well, you are ready to go savage on Sawyer when nobody else was looking. So, you know, he's kind of talking out of both sides of his mouth right now. I think he's letting his insecurity with Sawyer kind of show yeah. more and more, you know. Um, I also thought that Sawyer and Kate have way more chemistry than Kate and Jack. Um, I've thought that from the beginning, but when they started, when they shared that kiss, um, in confidence, man, I just thought it was a very hot kiss. Oh, no. And you're right. It definitely is. But, and, and I think you're kind of right in that they do share more chemistry than Jack, because I think at this point, Jack is more focused on helping everyone survive, but you have Sawyer and you have Kate who are both kind of survivors yeah they're both survivors on their own kate was on the run sawyer was a con man they both have these rebellious sides which i think kind of attract to each other i agree so yeah so i think the chemistry is definitely uh more between these two characters and i think more people were were kind of hoping for kate and sawyer than kate and jack at this point in time i sure was yeah i sure was i liked jack with uh the other one with juliet yep okay well, Juliet was more to his speed, but I also, I, I also, at that same note, as the show progressed, I also liked Sawyer and Juliet. Well, yeah, I think maybe it's just that Sawyer's a better character than Jack. It's it's possible. That's what something to act to expand on later. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's for certain. Um, <laughs> Uh, because, you know, it, it's weird because as you sit back and you look and you reflect on everything that we, we know about this show, uh, you kind of remember Kate being the one that is like kind of she's kind of the bouncy ball that that Jack and Sawyer are bouncing between each other. Mm-hmm. She, they're the ball she's using to play catch. And uh, they both kind of have their moments with Kate. So it's it, it's in, it's interesting. It's an interesting dynamic. And it's going to be fun to watch as we as we rewatch this. And I, I kind of this is on a different note, but it's, it's something I noticed too is that I'm also starting to realize that going back and rewatching this because it has been a while since I've rewatched this series, and I'm enjoying rewatching it now with you know talking about it with you every time and having the listeners involved in it too. I legitimately, for the life of me. Cannot remember who it is that hit, hit Saeed. Oh, I, I know exactly who it was. I'm sure you do. I, for the life of me, cannot remember. I can I tell know, you right now. I know I should know. I, I want to say... I Who is it? I can't remember. It was a French woman. It was Rousseau. Okay, all right. Yeah. Uh, I, I For the life of me, I could not remember. Oh, yeah. That one I knew. I I actually, it wasn't until you said, and, you know, there was a second island. And I thought to myself, oh, my gosh, he's right. That's how long (laughs) it's been since I've seen this is that I'm like, there is a second island. I totally forgot about that. There is another another island. (laughs) So we're going to have moron moments throughout this entire thing where we're like, oh, yeah, duh, that happened. (laughs) We're going to have many moron moments. Like what, (laughs) like what does ship mean? (laughs) <laughs> i don't get it now i get it 
Oh, that was great. I, you know what, with how many times that that term has been used in like current pop culture, I'm surprised that you haven't asked that question. I I really haven't. (laughs) (laughs) You were probably just sitting there going, what, why do people keep saying this? Like, why are we all on a boat? I don't (laughs) know. You know, it's funny too. I just realized that it, you know, doing two episodes of the show, a podcast, and now this being episode four of the podcast, it's it seems like it hasn't been too long since we've done this. But when we do two more podcasts by episode six, we're halfway through the season already. Oh, boo. Let's slow it down. I don't want to slow it down. I'm having fun. <laughs> <laughs> um, I really don't have much of anything else. Uh, yeah, I don't left in my notes. Yeah. I mean, most of my notes were about Charlie and um, and his uh, transformation, his moth transformation. Which I, so, I, th- I think has been, as of right now, I think has been probably one of my favorite moments from this show. I mean, we're only, again, eight episodes in mm-hmm. at this point. But so far, it's been one Charlie's, you know, the moth transformation so far i think has been one of my favorite backstories hmm. i don't know if it was because charlie was becoming one of my favorite characters at this point but um yeah it was it was definitely something i was enjoying uh, nice all right cool so uh yeah next podcast we are going to be um Focusing on episode nine, uh, uh, solitary, not solidarity, (laughs) which is uh, Saeed's backstory. And then episode 10, raised by another, which is Claire's backstory. Yay. And Claire's really starts to get is where things really starts to get a little interesting. There there's some new elements to to things once we start with this, because there's a fortune teller and, um, you know, that that goes into this or it, it, it gets trippy a little bit good i can't (laughs) i i i like it when layers are added so i get excited because then i get to talk more about themes like you know i i always write in my notes at the very top of the page anything that i think is a theme and i think that um the past two episodes we've had choice and temptation uh and then the biblical themes so um it'll be fun to see what what themes kind of stay and run throughout the entire series and what are just kind of um standalones to whatever episodes that they're um that they're tackling at the time so yeah and and i think this first season it's pretty safe to say that the writers had it in mind as they were going through with these episodes that i i think there's going to be an overarching theme probably throughout pretty much almost every episode of season one Mm mm-hmm so it's just going to be interesting to watch and uh, try to pick up on what those themes are as we. We can as we talk about it at yeah at the close of every season. We can even talk about anything that stuck out. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. For that season, um, I had one other thing. Oh yeah, uh, we one other interesting thing to point out as we've been talking about it for the last three episodes, and we didn't mention it this episode. This is the first time we didn't have an eye opening. To start the episodes. Neither oh, one. so they've already dropped it. I think I think it returns. But I think, yeah, I think they've kind of the whole theme of the episode starting with the close up of an eye is already dead. Right. Well, that's OK. They've got a lot of other good things happening. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's totally fine. 
So uh, at this point is usually where we move on to listener feedback. However, uh, the shuffling of the recording of this podcast kind of got moved down quite quite a bit. And uh, uh, no fault to, to either one of us. It just was something that just happened. You know, life kind of gets in the way of as it does. And unfortunately the, the feedback for this week kind of got lost in the shuffle as well. So we apologize that there's no listener feedback this week. Uh, but we encourage you to leave us listener feedback for the next two episodes, which as we mentioned, uh, episode nine and episode 10, which we're going to be recording over the course of the next couple weeks. And we'll have, uh, we'll post something on both our Facebook page and our personal pages and the social media accounts and everything about ways that you can go about watching the episodes with us. Cause I do like that idea. I, I, I really think it'll really be do. fun. Yeah. I think it's a great idea. I had a lot of fun watching it and it was just the two of us, but I still, I still thought it was really fun. Yeah. Yeah. It was a lot of fun being able to watch and, and watch together at the same time. So we're going to continue to do that. We'll do that at some point in between recordings. We will schedule that and we'll post that on the Facebook page on ways that you can get involved and you can be a part of that as well. Uh, but with that being said, let's mention the Facebook page and mention uh, the other ways that you can contact us. Uh, starting off first with, of course, the Facebook page, which I've mentioned, facebook.com slash lost revisited. We are on Instagram at Lost Revisited Pod. Uh, you can email us at Lost Revisited Pod at gmail.com. And if you want to leave a message, you can record it yourself and just send it to our email address, or you could send it through Facebook Messenger if you'd like. Yeah, yeah, because we can get it that way as well. Uh, last but not least, we, of course, encourage you to always, uh, as much as possible, check out the other podcasts on both of our networks that we have, uh, Next Level Podcast Network and, of course, the Podcastica Network, which, uh, you know, Next Level, we're doing some, we've got some celebrity interviews in the works that we're, we're working out outside of the Lost People. Um, you know, the DC show, the DC podcast kind of on break. We're in our summer episodes and such, but you know, we're still recording every week and podcastica on the podcastica end. We've got, um, you know, stranger things or strange indeed, I think has moved on. They're not doing lost in space anymore. No, they just came out with, uh, so strange indeed just came out with their very last episode, danger. Will Robinson, which was the last episode of lost in space season one. And they are moving on to, uh, um, I knew this one. They're moving on to. It's another it's, Netflix show, and I can't remember what it's called. I know, and now, and now I feel horrible. Hang on, I'm going to find this out for everybody. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's um, it's one word, um, and I can't remember what the hell it's called. Um, it is. Hang on, <laughs> Castle Rock. Oh, they're going to do. Well, yep. Castle Rock doesn't. When does Castle Rock debut? I don't it's, think Castle Rock debuts for like another two weeks. Well, they're probably going to take a few weeks to take a but, break. But I don't if, know. But if that's the case, like I, I, I've kind of fallen behind on Stranger Deed only because I didn't watch Lost in Space. No, um, I know, me neither. <laughs> I plan to watch Castle Rock because Castle Rock looks amazing. Yeah, so it does say that they are going to be doing Castle Rock. So that will be the next uh, show that Strange Indeed does. I highly recommend checking out that podcast. Um, you know, Rima and Sean have a really good chemistry and they're a lot of fun to listen to. And Fear the Walking Dead cast uh, comes back in August. I believe it's August 12th that Fear the Walking Dead is coming back. So 
check those out. I got to get caught up because there's a good chance I'm going to be either meeting some of those people and quite possibly even on stage with some of those people come October. So I should probably get caught up with the show. So we'll see. But yeah, it's um, I'm, I'm going to be listening because, again, um, Castle Rock looks fantastic. It's any Stephen King fan, I think, will instantly love the show. And that's a Hulu show, not a Hulu show, not a Netflix show. So I Hulu. Myself. Um, yeah, so some great things happening on both podcast networks, and we encourage you to check out both of them as well. Uh, any last words or last things before we we wrap this up? And, uh, and it's kind of been a relatively shorter episode co- compared to some mm-hmm. of the past ones. But again, no listener feedback kind of shortened that a little bit. And well, our, you know what? I would love to know what you're watching right now. Uh, not Colony. I can tell you that. I'm getting to I- it. I can't even believe it either. By the way, if anybody watches Colony, feel free to message me because it's awesome. And I have nobody to talk about it with except for my girl, Jill. But (laughs) it is it's my favorite show that's going on right now. My absolute favorite show that's going on right now. It's so good. And Josh Holloway is in it. Yes, he is. Uh, As is uh, Sarah Wayne Cayley's or Cayley's Cayley's. I don't know. I don't know. Sarah Tancredi. I, I always think of her as Sarah Ch- Tancredi, yeah. even though I've seen her as, you know, Lori Grimes and now Katie Bowman. She will always be Sarah Tancredi to me from Prison Break. <laughs> uh, I, I, as far as what I've been watching, I've kind of been uh, I've still been pushing through West Wing, uh, uh, you know, here and there. I'll knock out a couple episodes of that. And I absolutely love it. I think it's fantastic. Uh, I've been going back and I've been getting caught up on a lot of. Well, first off, I've been I've been going to a lot of screenings. Like I, I've seen Skyscraper already, uh, which at the time we're recording this, the movie hasn't released. I saw an advanced screening of it. Uh, I saw Ant Man and Wasp twice. I'm, I'm going to be seeing Mission Impossible as well as a number of other movies. But I've kind of been going back and rewatching a lot of older movies to see mm-hmm. if they kind of still hold Old up. up. Mm-hmm. Uh, two movies in particular, which. I remember loving as a child, but I know are not that good of movies. I watched, uh, I, I watched a movie called Drop Dead Fred. <laughs> I remember that movie uh, with Phoebe Cates. Um, I watched that last week, and last night, as a matter of fact, I watched a movie that I'm surprised because I posted it on my personal Facebook page to see if, how many people remembered, and a lot of people still remember this movie. I watched a movie called Young Einstein. Yay! <laughs> with Yahoo Serious. I know it's a bad movie. I watched it and it I remember loving it as a kid. I haven't seen the movie in over 20 years. But re-watching it, I discovered two things. One, well, three things. One, it's not that good of a movie. It's not that great <laughs> of a movie. It's completely ridiculous. Two, it really brought me back to remember watching it as a kid and loving it as a kid. But as great as as good as the movie isn't, I I do pride it on one thing to anybody who loves music and loves like a lot of underground and relatively unknown artists. This movie has a lot of the soundtrack for this movie is fantastic. It has a lot of great underground Australian artists that are in it artists uh like I, like groups like Iceland and and such where you know people like Men at Work and ACDC they're Australian artists everybody knows but this mm-hmm. movie has some great underground Australian artists through it that I was just it made me really enjoy rewatching the movie 
Oh, cool. So, so yeah, I'm having fun going back and rewatching some some older movies I haven't I haven't seen in a while. That's what I've been doing this summer. Oh, fun. Uh, what about you? What have you been watching? Well, I watched a lot of Brooklyn Nine Nine, but uh, but lately I just got uh, into the uh, Handmaid's Tale. And I'm five episodes in, and I have to take a lot of comedy breaks in between each (laughs) episode. That's what I hear. Um, It's fantastic. The book was fantastic, so I'm really glad that it translates well to television. Um, Elizabeth Moss is phenomenal in in it. Um, And it's... I have uh, so many thoughts and opinions on it and I, I wish I had somebody to talk to about it, but, um, but yeah, I would, um, I would highly recommend seeing that, but it, it, it's kind of like man in the high castle. I mean, you can watch one episode and then you got to take a break. Anybody who's binging this, please don't, it's not good for your mental health. (laughs) It's just not, I watched two episodes in a row and I think I became clinically depressed for a couple of days afterwards. So (laughs) Um, but it is, it's, it's, it's very, very good, very well done, but very hard to watch. So, yeah, it's, it's one I keep hearing a lot of people saying that they're enjoying it, but also they have those WTF moments after, uh, after watching it. So I personally, I've never seen a trailer for the show. I don't know what the show is about, but I kind of like it like that because when I do decide to go and watch it, which with as many people as I know who are, I will eventually, I kind of want to go into it completely unknown. I don't know if that's the best thing, but we'll we see. could we could always have a we could always have our own little discussion about it too if you want to. At some point, uh, yeah. yeah. At some point, I know. Anyways, you, you mentioned Brooklyn Nine Nine. I've I've been mixing in uh, the Goldbergs into mine. Oh, good. Yeah, everybody needs comedy. Brooklyn Nine Nine is mine right now. I love the Goldbergs though, mostly because it's it's very nostalgic to the '80s, and it happens yeah. in my area. Oh, good. It's it's from the Philadelphia area, so it, I oh, see a lot of references. So, uh, but I think that's just about going to wrap it up for yeah. this episode of the podcast. So, uh, again, we encourage you guys as you are watching the next couple episodes to so leave us that feedback in the ways that we mentioned before. Uh, if you have any other questions, concerns, or comments, please feel free to leave them to us on the Facebook page. But I think until and keep an eye out for us letting you know how you can watch the episodes with us because we'll announce that pretty relatively soon. Yeah, that'll uh, be fun. It will be. It will be a lot of fun. But another fun show recording with you, Miss Kristen. Uh, as always, a pleasure, Mr. Ben. <laughs> uh, but as my kids call you, Mr. Ben. They, I, you know what? I don't mind it. It's better than Uncle Ben. <laughs> Which I think is great, too. <laughs> because Uncle Ben means either you make rice in San Francisco or you died in a Spider-Man comic. Either way, it's great. It's fun. So, <laughs> uh, until next time, guys. We'll see you guys down the road. Take care. Bye. See ya. We have to go back, Kate. We have to go back!